up, my dogs? Um, and welcome back. Guten Tag, Jody Skipper from Roth. I know we've already been seeing each other uh, when you came down from uh, Roth to the UK because we met in Utrecht for a uh, quick, quick dinner. How's it going in the UK? It's going good, mate. Just uh, gone on holiday for uh, for a little while, so uh, just got there today. Nice and sunny on the south coast, mate, near the beach. Um, got a nice place for hot tub and everything, so just going to uh, chill out for a few days uh, before cracking back on my training when I get back. Alrighty, and um, what is uh, what's the goal now? Because you're you're currently on a holiday, aren't you? The goal now, as in like right now for the next week, or uh, do you mean race wise? <laughs> um, both, both. Goal in the immediate future is just chill out, mate. Put my feet up, have a bit of fun, relax, and then race wise, obviously. Nice. I have actually entered 70.3 Swansea on the 16th of July. Um, not 100% sure whether or not I'll do it. I'll probably see how I feel nearer the time. But yeah, once I get back, um, just train and uh, target Nice. I mean, obviously going to go to Font-Romeau at the start of August. So go there for four weeks, train at altitude um, and then go into Nice, mate. We're trying to get you to go to Font, but you're, uh, you've had enough of it, haven't you? The hills, the altitude. Uh altitude scarred me <laughs> also because uh, um, I, I, I'm probably uh, racing in that period so uh, I can't mess around on a training camp with a couple of blokes can't be messing around Joe you're there to break other people's hearts at the races aren't you yeah <laughs> reality hits yeah um, but where, where are you on holiday then uh, it's called Lou Bay and it's just on the south coast it uh, seems really nice. It was like six and a half hours to drive to, so uh, it was probably cl- it would have been closer for me to go Whoa. to the Hook of Holland, mate. Yeah, that's a big drive, isn't it? Yeah. Why would you go? Yeah. Why would you go there, mate? Because you can't be a holiday in England. <laughs> you look like you're it, uh, surprised. You something like. Yeah, is it something like Miami of uh, of uh, the UK? But be, what's so special about that? Why would you drive well, seven hours for that? Why wouldn't you take a ferry over to the Netherlands, which I is Amsterdam, a, the Girona of Europe? <laughs> I had a little look, mate, around the town earlier when I first got here, and first impressions are it seems like God's waiting room. There's loads of them all queuing up, you know, having a little look around the town, having a little gander. Um, but no, it seems it seems nice, nice beaches. Um, it's just easier with taking Arabella as well. Like if it was just me and Laura, then we would have probably got a flight and gone somewhere where you're guaranteed warmer weather. But when uh, you're taking a baby, it's just too much. Ha- it's just too much hassle to get a flight and stuff at the moment. So uh, it was just easier to just go in the mm-hmm. car and do it at your own pace. And also probably thinking about your environmental footprint. Exactly, uh, thinking of the CO two, mate. Like, so I offset the flight so I can drive the M five. Just, <laughs> just, it just makes more sense. Yeah, <laughs> the car's probably the making more CO two than the space <laughs> on the flight. <laughs> would you call yourself? Would you call yourself Joe Skipper, the CO two responsible athlete, the, the sustainable athlete? You've the got sustain- solar panels on your roof. Yeah, I am, mate. I'm, I am a sustainable athlete. I always put rubbish in the bin. You know, uh, I don't litter in the countryside. <laughs> I'm avoiding flights. <laughs> I, All right, fair enough. Um, 
speaking of um, this episode, uh, we're going to talk about the highs and lows, of course. But also, we're going to recap Roth in a bit. Before I had a big Joe, low. Um, let's go over to the, the highs and lows. Have you got any highs and lows? Yeah, I had a big low in uh, Germany. Right. Um, so the homestay for Roth that I was staying at said that she listened to uh, the podcast. And I, she said she listened to it because she wants to try and practice her English. And I asked her, whose English is better, mine or Tom's? Like, who do, you, who do you find easier to understand? And she actually said that she thought it was easier to understand your English than mine. And that was a lie because I was like, he's not even English. Like, and he's, uh, his English is uh, did, easy did, to understand. Did we talk mine. about this the last podcast? Or no, I just told you on the phone. Did we talk about this in the last podcast? No, I just told you on the phone. It feels like that. It feels like it was that long. Oh. It was just on the phone, mate. That was one of my lows. Ooh. How come she, uh, how come you reckon she, uh, she thinks my English is better than yours? I don't know about better, mate. Easier to understand. <laughs> yeah, easier to understand. Easier to understand. <laughs> <laughs> because you're you're more like a farmer's kind of accent or something. It yeah, might you, be. I you've don't know. Many you talk really fast. Do you think I actually talk fast? I know, meaning because that's what she said. I remember the first time I met you in. Kona. I remember the first time when I met you in Kona, and I was thinking like, what is this guy saying? Like, it's really hard to understand him. Really, it was that hard to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what she said. So that was a low. Um, I also um, had uh, one thing I wanted to say as well is like um, you sometimes get these trolls, don't you, on uh, social media, you know, like trolling people and stuff. And uh, I saw Noel Mulkey, you know, uh, had a few trolls on his and uh, I had a tro- I've got I've got a troll on, on, on my uh, YouTube. He always cut comments on it like same guy all the time. Been there for about a year. Uh, he's like part of the furniture now like you just expect him but one thing what i don't get about trolls what really winds me up is i don't care if they say bad stuff or whatever they say but they don't own it and say it on their own name and that's the one thing that winds me up because it's like if you're gonna say something what you're saying at least have the balls to own it and say it on your own name do you know what i mean like because if you're saying it and you're on, and you're making a pseudonym up, and it's not even a real account. It's like you haven't even got the balls to say it. So you either know that what you're saying is wrong, or you're just a total wimp. It's like at least own it. Do you know what I mean? If if I was going to say something about to someone, it would be under my mm-hmm. own name. And if I wouldn't dare post it under my own name, then I w- it wouldn't get posted. And it just winds me up with trolls <clears> how they have to set a fake keyboard, account up to do it. Keyboard warriors. Keyboard warriors. I'll give you a little flashback to um, the back in time when we had the snakes that tried to cancel us. One of them, uh, um, this case, it was a female that was uh, trying to like uh, pull us through the gutter. And I invited her on the show because I would have fucking rinsed that bitch. You invited um, her on the show? What one yeah, was it? Course, Who was it? I, I think, well, um, same, also a pseudonym, something oh. like uh, um, woman, man, I don't know. But... She probably even had her pronouns if you didn't are she, in her biography as, tough, as well. Think you are. She's probably one of the people yeah, that had their pronouns. Like she, her, if you are, they, them, dog. <laughs> if you think, yeah, well, that's another discussion. That's another. But if you think you're big enough to to be a keyboard warrior, or or um, anyway, if you if you're if you're a person like that, then I think you should be open to the discussion as well, like open with your face, with your uh, with your whole uh, totally, your whole name. like um, be open for the discussion. 
Yeah. I think that's what grown-ups do. But they're all kids, mate. Could be kid caught in a grown-up's body. The only good thing that came out of them cancelling us was the downloads went out to loads more people and it really helped us expand in a short period of time, didn't we? Like, looking back now, that was the biggest boost of listeners we've had in such a short period of time, wasn't it? Like, they actually did us a favour, really, didn't they? Don't you think? They did. In a way. Like, they did try and cancel us big time, which was a bit worrying. But, like, after we kind of went out the other side, after we fought through the trenches, (laughs) like, it turned out that it wasn't too bad, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I made. I invited them on the show for for a chat to uh, to see what their point was, so we could chat about it, like grown ups. But uh, they they didn't want to, and I, I think that's sad. That shows you that verbal skills are underdeveloped. Yeah, I also um, had a chat with someone at the beer mile that we did in Roth uh, that had a little word to say about you. The new coop draft fest, he said. He reckoned that you were sat on his wheel for 60Ks, five metres behind him. Um, where would that have been? The, the new coop. Um, I did sit on someone's wheel, but I was riding almost 300 watts for two hours. So that yeah, well, he was probably riding 340. He was probably riding 340 watts for two hours. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't riding 340. I know, I know, what, I know what God is. He's... Uh, he's, he's uh, um, I, I wouldn't see myself normally in a position riding behind someone. It was new to me too. I had a shit day that day, but I wouldn't draft someone. <laughs> I can show you the data, mate. I Maybe believe it. I believe you. We, could put it in, we, did, we, did, we put it in windsock and my CDA was 0.235. So if I was really drafting someone, then my CDA would have been lower. All right, right. Uh, yeah, I thought I'll, I'll just ask him. I'll just ask him, but, you know, I'm, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I wasn't there, mate. You know, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a fair racer. Even even when I'm not strong, I'm a fair racer. Don't worry, mate. Loads of people in um, Roth were drafted. Loads of people in Roth were drafting. It's just part of the course, mate. If they, some of them, you know what some people are even doing now. I can't reveal my sources, but I have had, I have been told of a way how you can get away with drafting. You put a Garmin light uh-huh. on the back of your bike. And when a motorbike comes up from behind, the light on the Garmin moves, like, you know, to show you as though there's a vehicle coming. So you know when the motorbike is actually coming up and then you let you ease up and let the gap go bigger. That was what someone told me. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> that is pro drafting, mate. Is there? That, yeah. I can't Holy reveal shit. my sources. Is there? <laughs> All right. All right. But is there a professional riding with the Garmin light? Yeah, there is. Holy flipping crap. And that, that's the way you do it, mate, nowadays. Wow. You know, even if there's motorbikers out there, you have the Garmin light on the back of your bike and it tells you when the motorbike comes up and you ease so up. Would you, <laughs> would, you say, would, would you say this professional is normally a, a top professional, like performing top 10 in Ironmans? Uh, borderline, borderline top 10, borderline top 10, yeah. All right, but it would mean they're good enough to be flipping anal about their position, about their aero gains, about the weight of their bike. Then they're putting a Garmin light on the back. Yeah, of their, but they're saving thirty watts. They're saving forty watts, sitting five meters behind, mate. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But they wouldn't do it for safety. But they could say, "No, it's for safety." Yeah. All right. Crazy. You're thinking. Crazy. Your head's wow. like gone. Like, uh, if wow, I see man. someone. <laughs> 
<laughs> Next time you put your bike in yeah, transition, wow. mate, you're going to see what? about 40 Garmin Vareers like, in there. And you're going to be like, oh, God, I'm up against it today. I hope I have a good swim, otherwise I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> what? what did you say when you saw that? I just said, no way. Like, really? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, bloody hell. I was like, my, my mind was like blown like yours. Like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Holy flipping crap! That's um, they even come up. It, it is. It is actually technical doping, isn't it? Because you're using tech, technical doping. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it basically is. Without the tech, you wouldn't be able to get away with it, would he? Uh, and like you say, you can just palm it off for safety, no. can't you? So um, yeah. So he or she is down the same street as Colin Chartier, in some way. <laughs> right. What are we going to go on? Cheating into? is cheating. Rough then. Have a little talk about that. Uh, oh, whoa, 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 Jody. Oh, shit, I sorry. Yeah, what's your... What was your... I want to hear yours, actually. Yeah, I forgot about uh, that. Yeah, sorry. I had one, though, that was when I met up with you. You know what kind of hungry bear I am. So we only had something like an hour. The service was so slow that I didn't even get food. Do you know who... And I didn't we have did anything food in the end. after lunch. And I had... Do you know what we did with your food? No. The guy, the guy was going to take it away because he no? said... Because he said, oh, you know, the guy said that he's got to leave, so I'll come take it away. And my dad said, no, nope, no, nope, don't don't take that away. I'll have that. <laughs> and he had two. <laughs> Did he have to pay for it in the end? Oh, yeah, yeah, he had to pay for it. All right. But that was a low, like not getting food. You know what I'm like when I, when I don't have any food. And I had to work for like two hours on the bike. What were you doing? Um... Basically, teaching people how to ride a bike. What technical um, skills? A, a clinic. Was it like clinic. technical or um, more of like a proper session, like a, a like performance session? They're doing like, like a, a time trial course, something like that. Is it triathlon? Uh, triathlon uh, um, club. Well, now you know and to tell them. Like get Garmin Vareers on your bike, and you'll be able to get away and get a bit closer to the person in front, and you can save yourself thirty or forty watts. Tell them this kind of performance will take you a couple of years to gain these watts. You can do this overnight by getting this this light. <laughs> is um, no, it costs you forty euros. Yeah. Is is this Garmin Vareer? Does it also know the? Does it know the? Uh, does it understand the difference between a cyclist and a motorbike? Yeah. Really? Well, it shows you the bigger the thing, the bigger the, 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 the mark on it is, you know. So if a car comes up, then you know it's even bigger. You know, you'll, you'll know how big the vehicle is. Holy crap. Anyway, my high of the week, I was invited as a VIP to the um, Porsche Cup at the racetrack in Zandvoort. And that was flipping awesome, mate. What, so what did you, you like do when you were there? Porsche, don't you? I do, yeah. I would like to go on there. What did you do then? So like, did, you, um, did you watch it with anyone? Who were you there with? Uh, with a mate of mine, and he uh, he invited me. It, we could literally go over to the pit boxes. We could go over to the to the grid in between the races and, and check out the cars on the grid. Um, yeah, it was quite awesome. Free food and drinks. You know I like food and drinks. That must have been the highlight, surely. Yeah, it was. It was. I was anyway, in, let's go over to Roth. When I, what, but before we do that, when I went to the World Cup, you know, uh, and was in uh, the VIP bit, I had so many steaks when I was in there. I actually got fed up with eating steak, which is crazy, isn't it? Like, they were so nice. And I was like, after, like, the second or third night, we're like, we're done with this. We can't eat anymore now. <laughs> but they were so good. 
Can I take some home? Can I take some home? Yeah. Um, yeah, so Roth. But, um, so you want me to give you like a little race report kind of thing from it? Um, yeah, let's let's just do a uh, race report thing. Mon, uh, Sunday morning, down the water start. So yeah, Sunday morning, we get to transition and we find out that it's a wetsuit swim and the water was absolutely boiling when you got in there. Like, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I said it was 21 something, but to be fair, it probably should have been non-wetsuit. It definitely felt warmer, but I didn't really care to be honest with wetsuit or non-wetsuit, so it didn't really bother me. Um, and then um, the start, I actually had an all right start, but then what really winds me up when, when you do these is like the gap was opening up and I could have closed the gap, but some, I had this guy swimming on me and swimming literally right on my shoulders, like, you know, like right in close to me from between my waist and my shoulders. And I'm thinking, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it's like the worst place to swim on someone if they're trying to close a gap, because basically you get the biggest draft swimming there, but you massively slow them down. So he was probably slowing me down like two, three seconds, a hundred. And then obviously I, I end up making a decision. I'm like, I'm just going to bail and swim on his feet because if he swims on me there, then we're never going to be able to close it. So I swam on his feet and he pretty much kind of, I think he closed the gap and then like some other people got shelled and basically formed a little group of our own. Um, I couldn't close it after that. Like I didn't have the ability to, didn't have the talent. Um, and then on the way back from the turn, I kind of went on the front and probably led about 1900 meters. It was a bit longer the second half. You kind of go down to the turn and then you go past the finish on the way back, round the turn and then about 150, 200 meters mm -hmm. back. And I think I probably led about 1800, 1900 of it, trying to keep the gap as close as possible to the group in front and ended up getting out the water about a minute 20, minute 30 behind the Keenly group, four and a half minutes down at the end uh, from the first person out the water, which I would have, I should have probably been in the Keenly group, but I think I'm not quite swimming as good as what I what like in the pool as what I have been um, before, and I think that like little one or two seconds per hundred is uh, was a difference. But really, I should have been still a minute and twenty, minute and thirty. But ultimately, wouldn't have made any difference anyway. So, um, you know, Magnus Ditlev, 46 minutes for the swim, um, which I think surprised everyone. You know, out there with Sam Laidlow and Daniel Beckard. Um, was the game changer moment really? Mm -hmm. You know, if Magnus had got out the water in the Keenly group and I missed that, then that would have been a bit of a blow because it would have been interesting to see how long I could have stayed there, you know, on the bike. But with him swimming 46 minutes, even if I'd have swum 49.50, it would it wouldn't have made any difference to the speed they started off on the bike. Um, but on the bike, I actually felt really good. Um, held really good power. My aero position was really good. Like I was holding a really uh, fast position, you know, but, keeping about the swim. Would you say? Would you say you're happy with the swim? Nah, not really. Or I wouldn't would you say, no, no, I wasn't uh, happy. That wasn't a good swim for me. That uh, was that was like off the off the pace. I should. I, I would have thought it was average if I was with Keenley's group. That would have been an average, okay swim. I'd yeah. say it was slightly poor this one, uh, and it would have been a great swim if I was probably with Bradley Vice and them lot at two minutes down for how I'd been swimming. That would have been a great swim, good oh, swim. You swim. wouldn't say you would have been. In the dead left group. Well, absolutely no way. Like, no way. Like, that's, that, they swam 46 <laughs> minutes. Like, this is just like, no, like, I would have to be a lot faster swimmer to do that. Like, I was never going to make, make that. So, um, it wouldn't have made any difference. Um, it might have made any, the only difference it would have made. What about swimming? They swim? If I'd have swam with Keenly's group. Yeah. 
I might have caught, I would have been at one point for a long while, a minute behind Ben Canute and Patrick Langer. I could have closed that minute if I'd have wanted to, you know, like um, I would have also been in the big group with Wright, Keenly and all them. And I would have saved a lot of energy because it took me quite a while to catch about a minute and 40 seconds up on them. So had I swum with them, you know, let's say it mm -hmm. took me about 110 Ks to catch them up. But had I swum with them, then I would have been able to go at the same, same pace or a little bit faster because I would have been working in there as well and probably used less energy. I would have probably caught Ben Canute and Patrick Langer on the bike. So I would have been starting the run in third and fourth play with third and fourth. The only thing that would have made a difference would have been potentially how much extra energy had I saved? Did I catch Ben Canute earlier enough in the ride to actually drop him? Because seeing how he ran, like if I'd have dropped him and put a minute, minute and a half into him, I would have probably taken him on the run, even though he ran quicker, you know, because I, just from the energy I would have saved and where I would have been. Or it would have been if I got off the bike with Ben Canute, would I have been able to outrun him in a head-to-head, -head, which is a bit different because last 10K, I knew I wasn't going to be able to catch another position, you know, when we or when we hit the hills in Buchenbach, which is 10K to go. But had I started the mm -hmm. run with Ben Canute, could I have done more to get third? It would have been a 50-50, I don't know. You know, but that was the only possible way I would have got something more positive out of the race if I had have swam with them and potentially caught them too earlier on in the ride. But other than that, the bike for me, PB power, 315 watts average, same as Arizona when I did that, but my normalized power was harder in this race. And Arizona is a course that kind of plays into holding a higher power because you literally have hardly any corners where you don't have to pedal and you literally just get to a cone, turn around it at each end, three laps, and that's all you do. So it's a lot easier to hold high power in that course. So this one was high power, like the normalized power was higher, felt really good. Uh, and I did a 409, yeah. which is 10 to 11 minutes faster than I've done on the bike in the previous three times I've been um, on the course. I think my normalized power was 327 watts for four hours 10, so pretty, or four hours nine, so pretty solid. And then the run, Felt pretty decent on the run, to be fair, but then faded, started to fade around 22, 23 Ks a little bit. And then when we hit the hills with about 8 to 10 K to go, I felt terrible. I felt good just before that because I kind of went through the fade at 21, 22 and started feeling pretty good around like 30 Ks in. And then as soon as we hit them hills, which people, anyone who's done rough will know, they're pretty in a brutal mm -hmm. position. They're right in the last like 10 K and it's horrible. I felt terrible pace slowed down by like 40 seconds a mile but, yeah but about, about the bike would you say it would have made a difference um if you had that garment barrier if i had the garment barrier oh, what the hell is oh. going on the oh, dogs hey, have vacation too. i know you're on vacation uh if i'd had that garment barrier mate i would i could have been in that group like chilling couldn't i two three meters behind I would have been very fresh getting off the run and Ben mm -hmm. Canute would have certainly had his work cut out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, true, true. You know, All like... Right. So that's a worthwhile investment. It's a, a worthwhile investment, yeah. And then uh, on the run, yeah, like, I, like, that, like when I started to fade on them hills, I knew I wasn't going to then catch any more positions um, and I wasn't going to lose a position really. So it was kind of like I didn't really have anything to fight for, whereas like, I could have gone a bit faster if someone had said... Third place is uh, blowing up. You can catch him if you dig in. Then, you know, I could have like really gone to, you know, the well kind of thing and smashed it. But that was basically the race. It was like 
two, it's 240. I think, I think on the official one, it might have been a 240 marathon. I think I started my watch a bit early and I got 241. So just under 241. Um, off the bike, best bike I've ever done in Roth and probably my best, looking at the numbers, best performance in uh, an Ironman. You know, I was really holding a good position as well, like aero position the whole time. That was what I was thinking, you know, get my head really low, mm-hmm. keep your shoulders in. So I, I couldn't have really done any more, to be honest. I mean, the swim let me down a bit, but other than that, pretty solid. Disappointing, though, to get fifth place. Right, I've got still like seven... <sighs> Uh, to be going 7:44 on a full distance race is uh, pretty pretty flipping my f- uh, fast. fastest. If you if, if you would put yourself, yeah, my fastest time 12 minutes quicker than I've ever if, done this race before, and unfortunately that would have won quite a few editions of Challenge Roth. I think you've got Jan Fredino, who would have gone who's gone faster than that before. You had Magnus Ditlev the year before, who obviously went faster. I can't remember if Keenly went faster when he won, but I think. Other, before that day, it would have been like the fourth fastest time probably in Challenge Roth history, fourth or fifth fastest. Uh, no, I think uh, Jan, uh, Patrick Yang might have gone a bit quicker last year as well. Definitely as a non-German. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Probably like the third or fourth uh, up until yeah, uh, Sunday, the third or fourth uh, non-German time. Probably definitely the top five fastest, one of the top five fastest times uh your top six fastest times in uh, Challenge Roth history, you know. Um, so, yeah, not bad, but, like, it would have been good to get on the podium. Definitely. What do you think of the um, the performance, record-breaking performance of uh, deadlift then? Oh, that was, I would say it was the best long-distance performance of all time, that, to be honest, like, because that course is hilly. Like, people don't realise until they go out to Roth, like, there's 1,600 metres of climbing on that course, and it's, like, twisty, it's turny. The road surface is really good. But it's not a flat pan flat course. Like if you rode that effort, that time equivalent on something like Florida would be probably a sub three fifty bike split. You know, that's a three forty eight bike split in Florida easily, three forty five. Uh in Arizona, that's probably a three fifty two, three fifty three, you know, something like that, you know, under three fifty five anyway. So mm-hmm. compared to them courses, like Roth is pretty tough, like and that is a very good bike split. And then the swim, 46 minutes, he had the swim of his life, didn't he? He's never made the front pack against people like that before. Yeah. So the swim of his life, a sub four mm-hmm. on the bike, 357 on that course is insane. And then a 237 marathon off the back, impressive. And then also Patrick Langer's run was very impressive, 230, especially with the hills at the end. I think if he'd have realised how close he was to 230, maybe he could have gone under because he was only 20 seconds over it and it could have almost been sub 230. Yeah. Would you say um, it was due to the shoes or Patrick Lang is also like an all right runner? 100% due to the shoes. Like if I'd had them shoes, I would have been doing that. <laughs> like 100% to the 50 mil stack height. If I wait, just wait until I get them 50 mils. <laughs> what about them shoes and Varia Garmin? Oh my God. Flipping kill it on course. Ditlev's fucked next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was uh that was pretty awesome oh, the female performance then daniela reef racing the bar with 11 minutes do you know what i find fascinating about these records so chrissy swellington's his uh, her record and um the one from well uh yen Ferdino have been standing there for years and years and all of a sudden they get like broken, but not with like 10 seconds or 20 seconds, but something like over 10 minutes. It's flipping crazy, isn't it? That is true, actually. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. That is true that it wasn't, it didn't go down by a little bit. It went down by such a 
large amount when it did go, but considering fucking shitloads. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That is quite surprising, actually, when you think about it. Yeah, now her performance was really good. Like, she, she had that one from when I first saw her on the on the canal. Like, basically, like seven, eight k's into the marathon, it was pretty obvious she was going to win. Like, she looked great. She had such a huge gap that you could tell that there was no woman that was anywhere near her. Like, it would have been so hard for them to to catch her because she could have just run it comfortably, and they were never, you know, I think she could have run mm-hmm. a three-hour marathon. She would still have won. So um, they didn't, re- and she looked like she was moving well. You know, when you see someone, you can tell they're running well. She looked like that, looked comfortable, and you couldn't even see the other girls anywhere near her. Yeah, it's crazy, flipping insane. Eight hours and 11 minutes or something. And yeah, would you have fancied good. your chances against her? Yeah, good going. You, get, you got called out before, didn't you, by Mark Matthews, didn't you, saying that, you know, like, can you remember about Daniela Reef? You bet, like, what do you reckon? Um, 808? Different court day. I'm, I must say, I absolutely annihilated her in Switzerland um, back then. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, 11 is quick. If I look at her swim, I wouldn't swim that fast. Um, the bike, I would take my chances. Um, but then she ran a, um, uh, she ran a 248, 250? 251. I haven't run a two. 251. I haven't run a 251. My first is something like 254. So um, I haven't done it. I haven't done it. So uh, I wouldn't fancy my chances. But maybe, maybe if I wasn't rough, it's always a maybe. But if if Daniel Reef is calling me out for a sub seven race kind of concept, me versus her, um, you're up for it. You're open to it. I might take it. The mozzarella. To finally, to finally battle it out. Who's the- Who's the better one of the two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, the atmosphere in this race. Everybody was... has been wondering. <laughs> the atmosphere in this race was amazing as well. I've got, to, I've got to say that. I would say it was better than before COVID. You need to do it next year. Like, you would love this race, Tom. I wanted to do a triathlon mockery special like I did in St. George there with Pepe, but then he went out to Thailand. God, I can't believe he went on holiday. Who does he think he is? I know, it's flipping crazy. I just need to get another videographer from Amsterdam that's got like uh, time to properly commit. Um, anyway, uh, something else you want to... I want to talk about the Terminator. The Terminator is a guy from Sweden. Tell him, we've He's emailed, we've, very, we've um, very... had him on the show before because someone messaged me saying we should get him on the show. But if people are new to this, we've had him on the show, haven't we? December 2021. So if people go back, they can listen like to Like in the first year. Yeah, yeah. After like two months. First ever guest, I think, wasn't he? Exactly. December 2022. Uh, yeah, or Chris XX, one of the two. I don't oh, remember. yeah, that's true. Um, anyway, he's got this very, very grim training routine and regime. <laughs> um, but he knows no training zones, just 320 watts all day, all night. And it gets even worse when it's taper week. Like when the race is coming close and he needs to rest, there's something in his hat that says, do more. It's like he's from Nike, do more. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I had a little look on Estrava, <laughs> what he's been doing. First of all, Jody, it's summer in Europe. This guy likes to get out on his bike indoors for six hours, not on Zwift, nothing, just like a screen for six hours indoors, running 280, 90 watts. Can I you saw imagine that one. doing that for six I hours? I saw that one as well. And it's like, 
it's pretty brutal efforts in it as well, isn't it? Like I did see that one. And I thought that looks yeah. horrific. Like, yeah. Can you imagine? It's a boiling hot day in the UK. It's twenty nine degrees. You're setting up your indoor trainer for a six hour steady hard ride. Like it just no his screen. Tra- you can only look at the white wall in front of you. His training routine, guys. You need to follow him on Strava, like Rasmus Fenningsen. Like his ride, what he did, his taper ride for uh, basically Ironman Switzerland. I'm taking it. That must be next week, is it? Is it this weekend coming, Ironman Switzerland? Yeah, uh, uh, now it's next weekend. This is the this is the ride I wanted to talk about. Go on in. Tell so us about it. Tell the, tell the listeners was about it. He was doing a uh, um, 180k ride. Let me get the description up on Strava because he had some notes. Probably 15k for, uh, warm up as well so before it. You're talking about. As a run, no, fifteen uh, k like ride warm up or, as well. Uh, so he got he wanted to make sure he was warmed oh, yeah, up yeah, for the hundred eighty k effort. <laughs> All right, so this was the twenty seventh of June, basically uh, last Tuesday, which is about nine days out from the race. So second and last race specific session before I'm in Switzerland. Interesting session. So he called it interesting himself as well. Planning on doing a few more, clearly over race-based intervals, but legs were pretty fried after the first two by 10 minutes, all right? Felt rather crappy for one and a half hour. Post-effort, came back, thought strong for the final 60 to 90 minutes, finished with a good feeling. The high intensity is clearly a big weakness of mine at the moment. That's what we've been saying for loads of times. Um, But anyway, ride is 180Ks. He rode it in three hours and 58 minutes, so that's 45.4 k's an hour average, 323 watts uh, average, and normalized 325. So it's not a lot of um, difference between the average and normalized, but still it's like overall very hard and steady ride throughout for a whole Ironman kind of distance. What do you think of that? Uh, I think it will be interesting to see if he averages much more than than that in Ironman Switzerland um he's definitely looking more aero isn't he like you can tell he's going faster for the power now whereas before his like speeds were like 2k's an hour less weren't they so I think it'll be very interesting to see how he goes in Switzerland like you you never know Rasmus like from looking at his training you think god he could blow everyone away but then quite recently he's had some poor results and you know he's actually trained to better numbers for the same distance than what he's raced so It'll be really interesting. I'm looking. I love looking forward to seeing how how he goes because I never know if he's just going to absolutely I, I annihilate everyone, yeah, or if he's good, the wheels are going to fall off and he's done worse in training. It's like you just think, like, what is he going to do? He could literally wipe the floor of everyone on the bike and have a huge gap, or he could just die. You know. Yeah. Which, but looking at the stats, what he's done so kiddo wise for Strava. It's pretty flippant insane, isn't it? Like a 180k training ride at 45 point something k's an hour. Yeah, this uh, solo on a TT bike. Yeah, it's very fast. I mean, this, he did sub four hours for 180k just as a training ride. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Then he did a 30k run the day after at 340k pace. Like, this guy doesn't know when to stop. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to know punishment, Tom. If you don't do trainer, if you don't train and stick to a training program, we're going to pay Rasmus to take you on training camp for two weeks. Like, the patrons are going to pay for you to have to document a week. I, I think that would actually make a really, really good video series if we actually got Rasmus 
to go on it. You had, you had to go and visit Rasmus in, in Sweden and literally just train every session he does with him for one week and just video it on YouTube. I think it'd be fucking brilliant. Like, I'd love to I, see that. I, I, I would pay. Be, I don't think I would be. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to probably do it for three days. Can you imagine that we were, for example, he wakes me up at 7 a.m. and he said, get ready for an, in an hour for a five-hour ride. And I know in my head it's going to be over 300 yeah. watts. So after I got up, probably taking three caffeine shot with 200 milligrams of caffeine before I get on the bike anyway. <laughs> I'd love to see. Smash it straight from the It'd take you for one of his 7K swims, what he said he does. Then in the afternoon, you've got a five-hour ride on with no Zwift, just literally staring at your head unit, and then a 14K run. Then the next day, you're doing 30Ks <laughs> at 340K pace, two-hour ride, probably 5K swim. Then the next day, another 180k ride with like six 20-minute efforts. <laughs> oh my uh, God. People couldn't pay me enough to go down there for, for, for a documentary about that. <laughs> but if I got some spare time and ever get a videographer that wants to come in, then um, definitely would be a cool concept. Rasmus, please put Tom up so he can do a week training with you after Switzerland sometime. Like, we want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay you, Rasmus, to do, do it. Do you know a, a uh... <laughs> Do you know what my high of the week was as well? So it was uh, last Sunday. I'm I'm slowly building my run every week. So eight weeks ago, I started back running, literally something like uh, um, uh, 10k's a week, and now I'm back running 50k's a week with intervals. And I put on my run shoes, mate, and I felt like I was flipping Usain Bolt. So I started off, and then I was running through the park in Amsterdam. I was, going, I was doing three by two Ks, and um, I was running at in between 3.20 and 3.33 K pace. Is that impressive? I would say it's pretty impressive. That's there pretty, were you've come back a lot, though, more? since then. You've come back to pretty good fitness in such a short period of time then, because you, you were running five-minute Ks not long ago, weren't you? More than five minute K pace, yeah. For like uh, after five Ks or six Ks, I had to stop because I literally. Uh, but anyway, people in the park were like, "Holy shit, that guy's a runner!" Or uh, is he running from the police? Were they saying you know, that? Multiple did, people, Joe. They said that. They said that so to you. I felt like a yeah. What yeah. did they say? How did they say like it in a Holland? Real then? big dog. In Dutch, what did, what were they saying? Um, some were English, some were uh, Dutch. Um, but basically came down to like, that guy is fast. But then I was thinking, this is what Patrick Lang run off the bike for a marathon. And you thought, not lo and looking at your improvement now, mate, another six weeks, by the time these rolls around, you could be pretty handy. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty insane, isn't it? 2.30 off the bike. Same for your run back then over Christmas, 50K at 3.30K pace as a tempo run. Yeah, that was a good one, that. Um, yeah, that makes me think uh, there's a long of, way to go. Speaking of uh, Usain Bolt that you said was running fast, I saw a little thing come up the other day called the Impossible, no, the Enhanced Games, um, which is basically this Australian businessman that wants to set up a modern-day alternative to the Olympics. And he his philosophy is everyone's doping, so I want to make an Olympic Games where doping's legal, and it doesn't matter, you, there's no testing or anything, and he wants to see, he says what is possible um, from a human if you combine 
genetics and science, basically. But they also say that their Games is safer than the normal Olympics, uh, which I have no idea how is safer when you're basically allowing people to dope. But like, that's one of the things that they say. Well, what he means, he means to say is that people don't experiment with doping, but they get because it's regulated. So it's more... Uh, What's he think he's saying? That you would just that. get, you'd just so speak to a science. The- you'd just speak to a doctor so they would do it properly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he Same reckons... Like, um, so this could be the comeback for Colin Chartier. Colin Chartier is going to do it. Um, he's probably lined up for it. You know, he's a, he's a, he doesn't have to worry anymore. He's, he, apparently he's in the athletes... He's in the committee of the athletes. Yeah, he's he's touting for the people. He knows, games committee. he knows a lot of people that uh, could potentially uh, fit right into this and they wouldn't have to worry about hiding from the testers anymore. So uh, Colin's going to bring his mates along and uh, they're all going to race without looking over their shoulders. Um, <laughs> also, there's a guy <laughs> who they reckon has broken Usain Bolt's record of 9.59 for 100 metres, but he doesn't want to show his face until he does the Impossible Games live on TV. But on the, or the enhanced games, keep saying the impossible games, the, the enhanced games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, the keeps, story uh, could be a whole lot of crap. Yeah. And the guy, but the guy just like doesn't, he, when they show you the little promo clip of this guy sprinting, he's in like normal sneakers, he's not in spikes, and he doesn't even do a start properly on the blocks. And you're like, there's no way he's running like nine and a half seconds. He's running like 13, 14 second pace per 100 meters. And the guy's like talking, saying, I've already beaten Usain Bolt's record. You know, uh, when you watch the enhanced games, you will see me beat it live in public and I will show my face doing it for the first time. But I actually think that the times from the enhanced games will actually be slower than um, what the normal Olympic times are because I don't think you're going to get serious athletes that want to take part in this. So I think you're going to get lesser athletes, but obviously they're going to be doped up to the gills. But I think that the normal Olympic times and the athlete, the times that the athletes are setting are better than the enhanced games. What do you think? Well, looking at Michael Johnson, looking at Colin Chartier, looking at Lance Armstrong, I wouldn't say the lesser people, um, they were all pretty good, weren't they? They were on drugs. They were all on drugs? Michael Johnson? So if you've got some people... Michael Johnson's not failed a drugs test, has he? The Wasn't he on drugs? The 200-400 metre runner. Wasn't he on drugs? No, no, he's he's clean, mate. Like, he's not... Well, <laughs> he's not failed. He probably was. <laughs> <laughs> we just made a statement. He, he, he was on drugs. <laughs> Allegedly. Uh, no, when he... You- um, Michael... in. In 24, August 4th, 2021, Michael Johnson voluntarily handed back his Olympic gold medal after a drugs controversy, controversy engulfed his teammates. All oh, right, his teammates. Um, I don't know. We don't know. That's the thing. We never know. And know. other people have said that instead of the enhanced, enhanced, calling it the enhanced games, they might want to uh, rethink that and call it the CrossFit Games since that everyone is... Uh, doped up to the gills because that would uh, fit much more to the uh, to, to what we're seeing what do you mean do you think crossfits are up to uh, drugs fucking hell mate do I think they're up to drugs like absolutely like is there even any testing in crossfit like, <laughs> like I saw a video not being funny there but is of, there is there was one athlete all oh, right an scapegoat there was one, one unfortunate guy, scapegoat 
I saw a picture. One, there was like the Colin Chartier of CrossFit. So you had this guy called Ricky Gayard, and he is a flipping weapon. So he was young and he was competing. And uh, he came in second or third in his first CrossFit Games, got caught doping, had to hand back his, uh, his stuff. And then uh, um, he got something like a three-year suspense. And in his suspense, he was doing all the – so when you had the CrossFit Games – he was doing the same workouts and let people him film him doing the same workouts, and it would, he would have been world champion again with uh, if he would have competed. Really, it's pretty funny, wasn't it? That is pretty funny. I think I remember you telling me about it's that. Stupid guy. though that he's back. That I think that that's I think I think it's stupid dirty. though that he's back competing. You think it's stupid that he's back competing? Yeah, after but, two years or three years, yeah. All I right. think uh, I, I would say. No, no go. Yeah, I know, but like, uh, I think with uh, with th- with that sport, I think there's probably a lot of people that are probably doing it. I would be very surprised if it was a majority, mate, uh, a massively clean sport. Um, I saw some of the videos of some of the uh, professional women doing it, and very dubious as to whether or not that's uh, natural. It reminds me very much of uh, 1960s <laughs> East German training <laughs> regime, to be honest. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a top crossfitter, for example, Sarah Zippenstutter, could say that about Danielle Reef. Wow, a woman can go that fast? That's pretty dubious. I don't think if you're really well into that sport. Um, it wasn't necessarily the bit of can, stuff, what they're doing. It was just uh, what they looked like. It just reminded me of what I saw when I saw the... the what were you saying? I was just saying that the looks of it, of the of some of the women, when I saw them walking out that they from this promo video, it reminded me very much of... Uh, East Germans uh, back in a day and age when uh, they weren't the cleanest. Um, I don't know. I just don't think they. I don't even know if they do any testing because it's not a well. It's not an Olympic sport, is it? So it would just be what the CrossFit Games pays themselves. How much testing they pay the people to do? Like, what's the incentive for them? They bust people. They're best than their biggest names, aren't they? Like, which is bad for their their business model. So, how much do they? How many people do they? How, how many people do they want to find? Well, isn't triathlon a bit the same? Triathlon is the same, yeah. But at least triathlon is an Olympic sport. So uh, if you are racing, like it can, you can be under national governing body testing. Whereas with that, you're not going to be under national governing body. There's no because it's not um, it's not in the Olympics, is it? So it's literally just purely the only pure testing there mm-hmm. is is if CrossFit Games actually or CrossFit actually pays for the testing. Do they actually do that? They might have it at the events, but like. I mean, they're not going to be found there at the events, are they? And do they even have testing at the events? I have no idea. It's like UFC, mate. What that? Yeah, what I saw a video yeah. of that Chael Sonnen. He's getting, he's he's get having a chat with uh, one of the journalists from the sport, and they're talking about his fight with John Jones, and uh, that Chael was like getting pushed around and stuff, you know, uh, in the fight. And the guy says, "Did you know he was on drugs when you fought him?" Because this John Jones has failed two or three drugs tests, and that and that Chael Sonnen has failed one drugs test, and he said, "Oh yeah, I knew, I knew. You could tell. I mean, you look at the traps, and he's explaining this look what this John Jones had, and he said, and he goes, and I knew what I was doing. I had more juice in me than Tropicana, and he was pushing me around like he was a lorry, and and uh, that John's pushing it around. He goes, I know your little, <laughs> I know your dirty little secret because I'm on the same one too." <laughs> that's what he said on the interview and that's probably what half of them are like you know like uh you know they all uh know each other's doing it but 
you know, they kind of justify it with themselves. It's a fair playing field because everyone's doing it. Different sport. Well, have we got a bullshit buster, Jody? Um, I did have a bullshit buster, yeah, which was how uh, this guy who's done a video on how to run. I don't even understand what he's saying. He's saying about he's engaging the fascia by pretending you're throwing a poster. So he's running, pretending he's throwing a poster with his arms. And you'd watched it, Tom. Like, he says that this is the most efficient way to run. It looks like he's kind of limping a bit and doing a hop. Like, very, very bizarre. But and he's just total influencer. Well, it's looking like he's jerking off air cocks. <laughs> so he looks like he's jerking off air cocks. And he says it's the most efficient way to run. He says not fast, but it's efficient, you know. So any of you guys looking at doing an Ironman run and you want to up your game, this guy could be for you. But you're saying it's a bullshit buster. Why do you think it's bullshit? Because he just sounds like he's massively talking rubbish, absolute crap, overcomplicating things to make this new way of running what he says. See, uh, sound like it's got weight, but it just looks like he's running with very dodgy form. It doesn't look efficient at all, like completely <laughs> not efficient. Um, and I think he's just talking out of his ass. There's no way that's an efficient run style, is there? You know, you look at someone like an Olympic runner, that looks like an efficient run style. This guy looks like he's jerking off aircocks, as you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, speaking of... Uh, uh, you were going to say, speaking of jerking off then, weren't you? By its form. you? You nearly said that, didn't you? Speaking of jerking <laughs> off. <laughs> speaking of... <laughs> I, I got to go, I got to relax. <laughs> um, now, speaking of a uh, dodgy... You can never judge, I want to say judge, not jerk. Um, because Matt Hansen's run form, if he would just do that in front of a non-runner, like say, oh, you need to run like this. Everyone would say that looks flipping goofy, like he's jumping in the air or something. But he runs like a Giselle, doesn't he? He does, yeah, that is true. That is true. I remember when we were at that race with him. Can you remember Texas 70.3 and he ran a one, uh, was it like a 108 or 109 or something on that course? It was like something ridiculous, wasn't it? Can you remember? Tw yeah. 2021 when it was, uh, it was quite hot. It was twisting. two meters. And you had the battle with yeah. uh, a Dutch, another Dutchie, didn't you? True. The, the wild one. I saw. Uh, the battle of the influences. Um, speaking of... Um, Bullshit Buster Instagram post of the week. Have we got one of them? Nah, I haven't got an Instagram post of the week. No, all right. I think it's time for you to enjoy your holiday. And I'll probably see you next week. Yeah, catch you later. See ya. All right, see you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.